that hymn, of course, references the event of Palm Sunday, the entry into Jerusalem. And Matthew 21 records it this way. As they approached Jerusalem, entering Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent off two disciples with the instructions, go into the village straight ahead of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tethered with her colt standing beside her. Untie them and lead them back to me. If anyone questions you, say, the rabbi needs them. Then they will let you go at once. This came about to fulfill what was said through the prophet. Tell the daughter of Zion, your sovereign comes to you without display, riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. So the disciples went off and did what Jesus had ordered. They brought the donkey and her colt, and they laid their cloaks on the animals. Jesus mounted and rode toward the city. Great crowds of people spread their cloaks on the road, while some began to cut branches from the trees and lay them along the path. The crowds, those who went in front of Jesus and those who followed, were all shouting, Hosanna to the heir of the house of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Most High. Hosanna in the highest. As Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred to its depths, demanding, Who is this? And the crowd kept answering, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. So I've been a part of many parades. Sometimes I've been standing on the curb with everybody else watching. Sometimes I've been able to barely see over the people in front of me. And sometimes I've been in the parade, driving a fire truck or walking or doing something else to take part in what's going on. Of course, when you're in the parade, you don't see the parade. You see the people standing along the sides. And when you're standing along the side, you get to see all the entries in the parade if you're willing to stick it out to the bitter end. What we have in today's scripture lesson is a parade of sorts. But it's not the only parade that took place that day. On that day, there was another parade coming in on the opposite side of town. It was the parade of Roman military might and power. It was a parade of soldiers and spears and swords, chariots and horses, pomp and circumstance. It was meant to reinforce the idea that people shouldn't get too many lofty ideas about what God might be doing because, after all, it was Rome who was in charge. And the Roman emperor was the one who was considered to be the bringer of peace, the maintainer of social order. And whatever contrary opinions there might be about that, they better not be acted on or there would be swift and certain reprisal. Well, Jesus doesn't have pomp and circumstance. He comes, as the inclusive Bible puts it, without display, just riding on a colt. And he's not got a whole lot of entries in his parade. But what we find is that, as Matthew puts it, there are people in front and people who followed, and they're all shouting, Hosanna to the air, to the house of David. We have to understand this, I believe, as a direct challenge to what was going on on the other side of town. 
And while the Roman government wanted everyone to see the parade they were putting on, it's pretty clear that a lot of folks had no interest in that parade. They wanted the parade of their own. This parade, the one with Jesus, is a parade that defies accepted power and accepted authority. This week, there have been many news stories about parades, but parades of a different sort. They are people who are meant to be seen. Make no mistake. They may drive with signs on their cards or wave through the sunroofs of their vehicles. Sometimes they're parades for birthdays of children who don't get to have a birthday party. Sometimes they're parades from teachers who want their students to know that they have not forgotten about them. Sometimes they are parades to honor the aged and the elderly who have achieved perhaps another birthday in a long succession of birthdays. But I think they share something in common. They all point to things that we can't see with our normal way of looking at the world. When we're shut up in our houses and when we're confined to spaces that are so familiar to us, we begin to think only about the things we can see. We see the dust on the bureau and think, maybe it's time to dust that thing. We see chores that need to be done. We see children who need to be occupied and need to know that they are loved. And we see dogs that need to be walked. And we forget about some of the things that we cannot see. But if this virus has taught us anything, it is that what we cannot see can have a pretty big impact on the way we live our lives. We go to the grocery stores these days, if we go at all, and we see people with their faces covered because of what we cannot see. We're staying home because of what we cannot see. It becomes real to us as we see evidence of it, and as we hear about the pain it causes and the drastic changes that are necessary. So the question then becomes, as, as we think about what we see and what we cannot see, and as we think about the parades that go by our windows and that are instigated to help people know that they are not forgotten, what is our role in this parade? What does Jesus need from us? As the disciples prepare for Jesus' parade, they're going to get a donkey, and they're told if anybody challenges what you're doing, just say, this is what the Lord needs. So I think that's our question today. What does the Lord need from us? On that day long ago, Jesus could have done his parade without the throngs, without people joining in, but it wouldn't have been quite the same. I think that's what we need in our faith journey at this time, to think about how we can change the course of events in some small way. It may not have the authority of government behind it, and it may not be flashy and showy, full of pomp and circumstance, But think about the ways that you can change how the people in your neighborhood or the people in your household think about what is going on. How do we inject hope? 
How do we infuse our existence with joy? How do we remind one another that we are still in community together? This is the challenge of the day, and this is what the Chosen One needs from us, I believe, to stand up and say, Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. And when people may feel upset about that and may challenge our faith and say, after all, who is this? And we say, this is the one, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee, which in our day we might rephrase and simply say, I have faith in the one who brings new life. Amen. I invite you now to take a few moments to simply take stock of what is around you and what is uh, at your disposal, the things that are available to you. There are many needs in the world right now, and there are ample opportunities for us to meet them. In our denomination and in many Protestant churches, there is an offering at these times of the year one great hour of sharing, which is for disasters around the world. I invite you to uh, go to urbucc.org and look for the donate tab for that offering. There's also a donation tab at the top of our website uh, for you to give to this church. If you're not a member of this church, I bet your church does have a way for you to support them, even if it's sending a paper check through the mail to their church address. Take a moment to jot down what you have that you can share with others. Maybe you've got some sidewalk chalk that you can use to write messages for others. Maybe you can put a sign in your window or send a card or letter or email to someone who's alone. Think about how you might join the parade of what God is doing for people in need today. Take note of your ideas and your thoughts. Allow God to guide what you consider and open yourself to where God would have you go. Let's pray together. O God of mystery and miracle, beyond our capacity to fully know or comprehend, we thank you for all that we cannot see. While much of what is invisible to us we find to be unsettling, you continue to work in unseen and unpredictable ways. We thank you now for the unseen bonds of spirit and love that create community despite distance and barriers. We thank you that we have the capacity to reach out in ways both old and new that remind us of our unity and our common humanity. We thank you for the strength that flows from you and from our faith family who tide us over to the time when we will again gather in the same place to worship you, carry us into the future on the wings of your grace. Amen. So I invite you to think a little bit about um, what this sacrament means to you. When we talk about this and, and prepare 
to take the sacrament of communion, we often use a phrase uh, that this sacrament unites us with believers in every time and every place. That means people who've gone before us and people who will come after us. It means people on the other side of the world and people in far-off, remote, isolated places. When we take this sacrament, that unseen connection, that spiritual bond, becomes more real to us. So what we are doing today is really not that much different from what we do on a normal Sunday when we can gather as a community of faith. It is something that unites us with other believers all over the globe. And so, as we prepare to receive this sacrament today, I invite you to join in this sacrament, not because it is an obligation, not because it pleases someone in your household to take part, but because this is a way for us to tap into what God has made real to us. It is a way for us to touch and handle and taste something that is unseen, power and spirit of God at work among us. It is for us a way to eliminate that that blindness, that barrier to our vision so that we might see still small voice. I invite you to be a part of the great thanksgiving and the great feast of God's faithful people. Let us pray. Holy One, our circumstances have changed. Our surroundings are not what we usually experience at this table. And yet, as the table multiplies and the locations expand, we find that we are in the world as your people, the same as we have always been. We share a memory We share a tradition. We share an understanding. We share an experience of your love and grace. In this sacrament of communion today, we ask, O God, that you open us to what you would have us do and how you would have us be. May our fear melt away. May our anxiety be calm. And may we increase in our love and affection for those around us and in our faith in what you will do next. The palms around us have set us on a path, a path that leads to times of great uncertainty and times of great upheaval. But as Jesus faced that time, Jesus gathered with those closest to him. And while they were at table, Jesus took the bread and blessed it and broke it. He gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is God's gift to you.
And as the meal was drawing to a close, Jesus took the cup and giving thanks, gave it to the disciples and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant poured out so that all might know life. This means that every time we eat this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the death of Jesus until Jesus comes again. You may either take the bread and dip it in the drink you have before you, or you can eat the bread and then drink the cup. Body of Christ broken for you. The cup of blessing. So if you've got a prayer list from previous Sundays, check it, uh, look it over. Uh, if you haven't started one, create your prayer list today and add the names that need to go on it and review the names, if you've got some already, of those for whom you have been praying. Has answer or resolution come? If so, make gratitude known to others as you go through the week ahead. There are many reports these days in the news of people in need of prayer. And so we add them to our list, but also think about people you know personally and the problems they face and the difficulties that are a part of their lives. Let's pray. Holy One, the list of needs that we have is long. And the list of the needs around us of people we know is even longer. We ask, O oh God, that you give us a sense of compassion. Keep us from being overwhelmed by the enormity of what we face. Help us to know that there are small things we can do and perhaps great things that we can do. Open us to the power of your spirit that we might not forget that we are gifted, that we have been called, that we are part of the long procession of all of those who have answered that call. Help us to know, O oh God, that our simple presence in the world is a witness to the power of your grace at work. May we not be ashamed to make that known to the people around us. Help us, oh God, not to lose our hope or our trust in you or in the people around us. Help us to be 
those who wave the palms, those who shout for joy, those who make the gifts and the power of grace known. We ask, O God, that you bless all of those who are sick, all of those who are recovering from illnesses or injuries, all of those who serve, medical professionals, emergency services, people who go to work in the grocery stores and the gas stations. We ask, O God, that each of us might find a way to give witness to your love at work. We ask these things trusting in your ability to create a new world all around us. And we join together now in the prayer that Jesus taught, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.